Welcome back to the Bounds Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renthigpen. Always excited to be in the place with you. Listen, we're going to slow it down for a second because this is such a good space to bring in this beautiful human. I dare say that when you are struggling with overwhelm, exhaustion, frustration, end of the year, beginning of the year, woes, analysis, paralysis, and all of the things that are making you feel like you are about to crack a neck. Not that any of you would do it because you wouldn't, but when you're feeling that way, sometimes you need to lean into someone who has not only been there, but has built a business helping other people get out of that space. Shellen Giselle, such a gorgeous name, went from being a lawyer to an award-winning burnout keynote speaker and thought leader who has helped countless individuals and organizations achieve sustainable high performance. She has been there and as my godmother would say, wore a t-shirt and a ball cap to the party of burnout. She understands. She has been in the space. She has not just read a book and is coming to give it to you, which is why I am so excited to speak with her today on her story, on her journey from being what I call a reformed lawyer, even though we need them. We need lawyers, y'all. But so excited to have her in the space at the BBP with us today. Shellen, welcome. How are you today? After such a warm introduction, how can I not be marvelous, Nikita? (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, brought joy to my life in the past few minutes. Oh, thank you. Well, you definitely have a story. I did my professional stalking through your websites, through your socials, all of the things when your team reached out and was like, you have to have this woman on your show. I agreed wholeheartedly. You are really standing up and showing up for a lot of our trusted advisors, our lawyers, our accountants, our medical professionals. Those are our trusted advisors. And those are the very people that you are out here helping to support to make sure they don't want to break a neck when someone is coming in to get advice and support from them. And I would just love for you to share a little bit of your story of when you were a lawyer in your full lawyer hat and had experienced some of the burnout that many of us can relate to. What was that like for you when you were in it and then made your transition out to be on the other side of the advisory desk, helping people avoid being in the same place you were? Mm -hmm. When I was in it, I didn't know that I was in it, if I'm being perfectly honest. I was uh, buried hand deep in the sand and I was actually deeply in love with my career. I was, and that's, that's actually mild. I was obsessed with my career. Mm. That's, that's mm-hmm. more accurate. And I loved it. And everything else came after it. Myself, my family, my everything else. There was nothing else that was more important. And you know what? I go back to studying at law school and there is no self-care class there is no sustainable behavior class Mm -hmm. so I thought being a nerd being a geek being top of the class being a good (laughs) good lawyer is gonna be good good enough not quite the first few years I actually really didn't pay any attention to the signs I would like to go as far as saying that I was completely unaware of what was going on but of course things start to deteriorate right so health is getting worse and worse my first marriage broke apart I was navigating a really nasty divorce 
that I'm fully responsible for. I was really just getting into more conflictual relationship. I was diagnosed with insomnia. I was chronically in pain with my back to the point where I was unable to walk at some point Mm. because I was in so much pain. But of course, the best thing that one can do in this moment is work harder, right? That's the healthiest thing to do. Of (laughs) course. (laughs) That's what a type A super professional would do. And frankly, look, I loved it. This is this was my world and and I absolutely loved what I did. So I kept on pushing harder and harder, testing the boundaries of what exactly my mind and my body could sustain. Yeah. And that carried on for a few more years until I actually received a call. And that was a Monday morning in the office. Super unusual for my mother to be calling the office. I saw her number and she knew not to call, especially not on Monday when I'm very busy at work. And on that specific day, my father on his way to work had a burnout driven heart attack. Mm. And of course I was busy. Yeah. With work. So I couldn't fly home. Well, rather, let me rephrase that. I chose not to fly home mm-hmm. that day because I had to show up for work. And of course I was completely distraught. And by the time I did fly home Friday after I did all my work that I had to do. I walked into the intensive care unit and he had a stroke just before my eyes. Wow. And to me, Nikita, that was the moment when I thought, actually, I'm I'm fooling myself here. What we're doing mm-hmm. is not sustainable. Like this is my future. If I don't right. make a shift, if I don't pivot, I'm looking into the eyes of you know, the person that I love most in the world in that given moment is potentially about to die. And that's also me potentially. And isn't it true that we don't actually ask ourselves whether or not we are willing to pay the price for the success and whether or not we are going to survive that success, let alone enjoy it. Are we going to survive it? Right. And that really felt that such a life-changing question. I wanted to not only survive my success, I wanted to enjoy my success, share my success. So I decided to go on a mission and to become the coach that I wish I had, the coach Mm -hmm. that I wish my father had, and the coach that I wish so many other dedicated, super-performing professionals had. And that's who I became. Oh, my goodness. I... I congratulate you for being in a space where you can say that from a space of healing, because mm-hmm. I can hear that you're healed from that moment and also still deeply impacted because you know it was a pivotal point and and what kind of evoked the paradigm shift for you, which is super important for everyone that's listening. Because sometimes we're running, we're going, we're doing, we're, you know, we're so busy, we're busy little bees, so busy building that we can't balance, right? All all the things, because we say things in our mind, consciously or unconsciously, I'll get to that later. Oh, I just need two more years. I need one more year. I need to get through this project. I have to finish this audit, right? Like there's always a justified excuse for why we can't stop and do something. I can relate to that very pivotally with my oldest, who's 27 now, when he was in high school, his high school graduation, the date got moved, the ceremony got moved to a different date. And it was a conflict with an event that I had to be in in another state. 
So I was like, all right, I'm going to call, you know, I called my best friend who's his godmother. and was like, I need you to show up in my stead to be with my husband and his sister and other families because I won't be able to be there because I have this commitment, right? Because we take work very seriously as the A++ type personalities that we are, very ambitious. Um, and I asked my son, was it okay? He said, yeah, mom, of course, I understand you have to work. And then years later, he told me that he was really hurt that I wasn't there. And of course, in the day, I'm doing what I have to do. I'm making sure that whatever he wants to do in his future, we can support him. So I'm out and I'm justifying the excuse of missing the graduation, the ceremony itself. Um, and I'm saying to myself, well, they should have just not moved the date, right? <laughs> they would have just <laughs> kept the date and not moved it for whatever it was a flood in the original building or something we were supposed to have. And I had made up my mind that this is what we have to do as women, as mothers, as business builders. And that's just how it is. But it did sit with me. I did have a small piece of me that really wanted to be where he was at the time, even though I showed up fully at the event where I was supposed to also be. And that stuck with me for many, many years until finally he said something to me and him acknowledging that it bothered him was actually where the shift turned for me. It wasn't the moment like you experienced it in the day, in that 48, 72 hour period. It took a few years. I'm what you call a slow brew. It takes me a minute sometimes, (laughs) a little slow brew. And when we have those pivots that evoke those paradigm shift for us, hopefully we hear it and we don't repeat the pattern that got us there. Because many Mm. of the listeners are listening to both of our stories saying, oh, I I can relate to that. I had that happen too. And, And I had another time and another time. But when is the time that makes you say, wait a minute, I don't want to just build this amazing life. I actually want to enjoy it along the way and participate in the process of this while it's happening, because we don't know how long we have. Our life is short. We, you know, whether you live 100 to 104 or whatever, that's a short amount of time on this earth. And you want to enjoy as much of much of it as possible. And looking at what you've accomplished in this short amount of time since your paradigm shift, when you were in your lawyer hat and decided to do something different, you've done some phenomenal things for yourself and for your clients with some of the certifications you've achieved and some of the other hats that you've kind of, I won't say that you wear on top of your master coach hat, but that kind of infuse it with feathers and details that make it more of a, you're like a haberdashery, right? Like, And and I relate to that because I have more certifications and degrees than most people have underwear. But when you do that, it, it really does say that you love what you do and who you do it for. And I would love for you to talk about a little bit of that deep dive for yourself when you were deciding to really go full on and immerse yourself in this new chapter of your life. Of course. Well, like a good type A, I went extreme because what else would you do? <laughs> it right. wouldn't be fun if it wasn't extreme, right? So right. I went full tabula rasa. I decided to go as extreme as what can go, or at least as far as my world was concerned, traded my suits, my high heels for a life in an ashram in India where I was stripped away from worldly possessions, status and business card. And I went to live with monks, which was just such a humbling, beautiful experience. 
for three months and became a breathwork and meditation teacher. And I also did a silent retreat there. Now, doing a silent retreat when you are a professional lawyer turned keynote speaker is an interesting world shift because I've always Mm -hmm. used my words for a living Mm -hmm. and that's one of my skills. So to willingly and voluntarily offer to give that up, to go inward, actually leaves you in a place where you have to look for other skills and you have to look for what may underpin those skills and the really root, the root of the root of the root. And it was very hard, very challenging. I, I think there is an idea of this uh, glamour, this eat, pray, love adventure of, you know, you're going to India and it's marvelous and it is. Yes. yes but it's also brutal. Yes. <laughs> Particularly <laughs> if you're going to do it the non-tourist route. I, I did yeah. it in a very authentic way where um, it was quite um, quite demanding in terms of uh, the, the shores and the level of, of, of praying and, and the rules and the etiquettes that we had to abide by, which I chose specifically for that reason. And that gave me a lot of perspective, but I was also well aware that that wouldn't be enough to have a message that would penetrate the corporate world because my mission was to go away first to heal and I don't yeah. mean to be saying that in a selfish way, but I mean to be saying that in a, you know, if you want to serve anyone at your highest level, you have to serve from a place of being pretty whole. Otherwise, you know, that there is not going to be that much to give. And I was definitely not in a state to give. So I needed to heal first. Yes. And more than that, I needed to know my blind spots. So I wanted to know the blueprint of my mistake so that I could analyze them and I could make sure that I can observe them in other in a way that is loving and caring so that it can be self-corrected or course-corrected so I can be a, an advisor and a person that can help and and facilitate changes so after India I went to live in in Bali and I became a yoga teacher and then I decided to go into more of a bioengineering a lot more of a neuroscientific approach and that's when I became a neurolinguistic programming master and to me this was important because I needed to make the message very corporate friendly and I wanted to offer it back to law firms or accountancy services and to help professionals that are very busy bring a little bit of peace into their day-to-day lives. Yeah, I love that. I especially love uh, when you were talking about creating the space for yourself and you said with love and with positive intention coming from just the paradigm that we live in, you know, not to be selfish. And I say, yes, be selfish, like be intentionally selfish because you needed that quiet space away from all of the noise of what your normal quote unquote, life was. And it was no way for you to do both simultaneously in the deep way that you were doing it. You could have did it in a superficial way, right? Mm. It could have just taken 20 minutes a day to meditate at home and, and, and you would have had some results. There's no question about it. Meditation does really work. Um, but you went as all type A++++ ambitious 
nerdy people do. And I'm, I'm a nerd too. So I'm with you sister on that. You had to go deep and dive in with scuba suit on and really immerse yourself in full what I considered embodied personal development. So you could really truly transition into someone who just just know a lot of stuff in their head, but had fully immersed themselves in it and belonged in the space where you were going through all of the different emotions that would come up when you remove yourself from today's technology. I'm assuming that you didn't have all of the trappings that you have when you were in your other state of mind, when you were in your other home under your lawyer hat, you know, in your house or your condo, when you are away (laughs) in another country and you are really pouring yourself into their culture and learning and breathing and being who you fully are, it's a stretch that most people are not prepared to do for themselves without guidance, which is why you as an advisor gets the opportunity to now safely bring people into that space in the way that they can do it without breaking the bank, without breaking their back, without breaking their mind, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, allowing them to what I call break open so that they can get to that next shift that they have to. And the only way to do it is to break open, hopefully, with a safe guide. And when I hear you saying, Nikita, this was not just me reading a whole bunch of books like I did, you know, to be a lawyer and passing a bar exam. This was very much me walking the life. And that's a very different experience when you're on the other side of the table as a client who is being supported and guided and served by someone who has walked it and Mm. not just read it. So I have to give you some props for that because God knows I see a lot of people who just read it but haven't walked it. And it's about um, detachment as well because beyond Mm -hmm. the lawyer hat, which you've spoken about so beautifully, I was very attached to my status as a wife as well. You know, I... I was navigating a very recent divorce and I was a stepmom before the divorce. So you go from being an employee, being a lawyer, uh, being a close-knit daughter to being a wife, being a stepmom. And then suddenly, and, and the comfort of very fancy apartment in Chelsea and, and all the rest of it. And, and, then, and then there is nothing. Then there is just you and, yeah. and a very modest robe and, and, prayers and that teaches you a lot it really does and I've rebuilt my relationship but also my intention with my relationship and it's really served me and my clients because a lot of my clients are navigating divorces or separation or childcare or being stepfather or stepmother for those few courageous, brave men listening to us. And um, it is hard. It is hard to go from that status to the status of uh, actually I'm under construction. You know, I'm healing, right? Like mm-hmm. you, I used to work in construction. So, you know, you always see those those sites, right? I'm under construction. Well, I was under construction for quite a while. Wow. That's, you have such a beautiful story. So, you know, I have to ask you, as I do all of our experts, With this work that you've done, this being that you've embodied, how are you now giving yourself permission to pause 
in your normal day-to-day life, just to make sure that you stay centered and recalibrated whenever you need to. Mm. I bring my own mini ashram everywhere I go. And the way I do it is by practicing silence and not in an extreme manner. So, you know, I just got back from a trip to New York City and one could say, well, how do you practice silence there, right? Well, um, you just make a decision. So I practice intermittent silence intervals in the same way that someone would practice intermittent fasting. I make sure that I have regular amount of no speaking, no listening, no noise, no as much as I can. And it's very intentional. And the reason for that is because in those moments, I'm not drawn into distraction or soothing, but I'm actually really contemplating the state of being. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my uh, my life in India, however short that might have been, was that you have to, to be in the being for some short burst of time. And I was very much in the do the doing, right? Constantly doing. So I bring moments of silence because I see silence as state of being. And even if I'm very busy, I get off stage, I just did a keynote, I'll take a minute, I'll take two minutes, and I'll be so intentional about being quiet and silent. And that's a self-care that I can bring everywhere in the world with me. I love that. It's permission to be still, permission to be silent. Like you are allowing your your whole body really to recalibrate. Because for those of you who are listening, even though some of you might think this sounds really woo-woo or, um, you know, who has time to that? Or how can you do that when you live in a concrete jungle like New York or or anywhere, or California, LA, wherever you might be listening to this from? There is so much neuroscience backing up with Shalene is talking about with the stillness and recalibrating her nervous system by literally being quiet, especially after using your vocal muscles for a 30, 40, 50 minute straight period. Because if you are not a speaker, then you have no idea how much goes into just the energy to use the power in your voice. So you doing that as an exercise to refuel right after a keynote is helpful, but then also to realign with your spirit, with yourself, to come back into your body where you might've kind of been channeling when you were on stage and really immersed in whatever it was that you were pouring out to the communities and to the people you were serving that way. That's a that's not a small thing. That's a big deal. And it's a powerful way to give yourself a bite-sized permission to pause moment that you can integrate everywhere on stage, in the car, when you're sitting at a conference, when you're being pulled between meetings. For those of you who have, you know, colleagues that have meetings about meetings about meetings, which I still don't get in 2023. But it's a great way to give yourself that stillness. So thank you for that. That's truly a gift. Thank you. Very much. So how can people connect with you? Where should they go to get more of the work that you're doing in the world and to follow you? Mm -hmm. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are good places to find me. And of course, if uh, anyone mentions your name, then I'll have a special gift. So if you let me know, Nikita, then I will send you a little 
loving gift of my latest breathwork ebook so that you can start your silent journey with one breath at a time. Mm, I love that. First of all, we love gifts over at the BBP. So <laughs> thank you. And guys, don't forget to do that. Like for real, don't pass up a free gift. Okay. <laughs> I I want to honor you for showing up fully, for taking time out of your very full and productive schedule to slow down with us and to pour out not only what you're doing forward in the world, but where you've come from. To get just giving a little bit of perspective that if someone listening to this feels like there's no way, there's no way that I can slow down and be still, that I can use breath to really heal, that I can come into this space. This was a perfect conversation for you to listen to on repeat, to hear it again, and to understand that not everyone who looks like they have it all together was born that way. Many of us had those pivotal paradigm shifts. And if you're like me, I had quite a few because I'm a slow burner. <laughs> I need those lessons a couple of times sometimes. And I really do appreciate you carving out time out of your day for this. Thank you. Balance Boldly, I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I have two favors. If you're brand new to the show, the first favor I have for you is make sure you subscribe so you get notifications when we go live every single week and all the things in between. The second favor is for you to think of one person that this story, this moment, this conversation really reminded you of. And I want you to share the episode with them. No context. Just say, hey, was listening to this thought of you. Send it. That's it. Outside of that, I want you to go enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.